uh, this week's episode of Objective Health. Uh, today, I am your host. My name is Elliot, and I'm joined in our virtual studio by Doug, Erica, and Tiff. Hello. Hello. On the wheels of steel, we have Damien. Hello. Hey, Damien. Yo. Yo. <laughs> right, okay. So, in this week's news, um, new story has come out, and this is what we're going to be talking about today. Essentially, um, it was reported on the 21st of October, so four days ago. Turns out that during one of the COVID-19 vaccine trials um, performed by a biotech company called, or pharmaceutical company called AstraZeneca, uh, in conjunction with Oxford University, turns out that one of the volunteers has died on that trial. So the volunteer, um, I can't call his name and I can't see it here, um, but it was a 20-year-old man who was living in Brazil. So he'd sign up, signed up to, um, to take part in this trial. As I said, the, the, this particular vaccine was manufactured, or it's been, the Oxford University have been working on it, but the company behind this is AstraZeneca. Um, and according to media reports, it says that the, the cause of his death was COVID-related complications. So they weren't specific about exactly what happened, um, but it turns out that he, he's passed away. So I've been looking over the past three or four days ever since this story broke out, and I couldn't see any more kind of up-to-date information going into the specifics of how this guy actually died. But it certainly does not bode well, considering he's only 28 years old. And generally, to enter into these vaccine trials, to you have to fit certain criteria with regards to your, your health condition. So the these companies, these, these trials, they're, they're quite specific about who they want. They do not want anyone with underlying medical conditions which could potentially taint the results. They want as good results as possible. They want it to seem like their vaccine is as safe as possible. And so they're looking for relatively healthy individuals. Mm -hmm. And now we don't know whether, the, whether this individual has died because of the vaccine. All that we know is that it is COVID-related. So... As I said, you know, I'll keep keep an eye out on the on the news to see if there's any more information that comes out about this. But it certainly is not looking good. Um, some specifics about this vaccine. Uh, if I'm correct, then the vaccine is referred to as AZD1222. It was co-invented by the University of Oxford, Oxford and its spin-out company, Vaxitech. So just some of the, the kind of scientific jargon about how this actually works it says it uses a replication deficient chimpanzee viral vector based on a weakened version of a common cold virus that causes infections in chimpanzees and contains ge the genetic material of the SARS-CoV-2 virus spike protein. After vaccination, the surface spike protein is produced priming the immune system to attack the SARS-CoV-2 virus if it later infects the body. So whatever that means, 
Um, what we do know is that there are that there was that other guy uh, a couple of months back now who was reacting to one of the other vaccines. I believe that was the one. Moderna, uh, which was company it? was it? Moderna's. I think yeah, it was I'm pretty Moderna, sure. if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Moderna. And this guy was also, if I remember correctly, he was in his mid to late twenties, previously healthy individual. Now, fortunately, the guy's still alive. He just had some uh, pretty severe complications, which he recovered from, supposedly. This guy in Brazil has not fared so well. So, yeah, the question is, is is this related to the vaccine or is this just something completely unrelated? I would see that it's probably unlikely to be something unrelated, as we do know that vaccine reactions can occur. And again, this is in the trial stage. So... How do we know that this vaccine is not giving someone a severe form of the virus if they are susceptible? You know, we, we just don't know enough about the vaccine just yet. Well, uh, so, no, I was, I was just going to say, Doug, so in today's show, we're, we're going to be digging into a little bit about these vaccines, uh, about the up and coming kind of uh, COVID-19 vaccine and how various companies are trying to race to the top essentially and and how the public the general public feel about that yeah well it was interesting on that excuse me astrazeneca one um you know because at first it it happened and everybody's kind of freaking out about it and then they came out and said oh we checked and he wasn't actually in the um the test group he was in the placebo group so that kind of is like, oh, okay, so it doesn't have anything to do with the vaccine. But then reading, there was an article on BBC called COVID, No Safety Concerns Found with Oxford Vaccine Trial After Brazil Death. And in there, you can read, and it says, um, only half, only around half the volunteers in the trial are given the actual Oxford University COVID-19 vaccine. The second group are being given an existing licensed vaccine for meningitis. So this is, I mean, we've done a show on this in the past where we talked about when placebos are not placebos. And this is another one of those situations where they aren't, you know, injecting saline solution into the people who aren't receiving the, uh, the trial drug. They are injecting another vaccine, meningitis. So I would say regardless of whether the guy was in the COVID vaccine trial or the placebo group, he was getting a vaccine. Mm -hmm. So... And the idea that it was completely unrelated because he was in the placebo group, well, obviously, that seems to be false. Because if somebody takes a vaccine and then they die, chances are it was a vaccine. I mean, we're not idiots, right? Unless you got hit by a car or something. But um, yeah, anyway, so I thought that that was pretty glaring. Yeah, right. I, and I, and I even didn't, if um, you take what they say is true and this guy wasn't, in the actual COVID vaccine group, the fact that he got a meningitis vaccine, that should raise questions about the meningitis vaccine itself. Right. But again, they're very tight-lipped about the circumstances surrounding this person's death. And I don't think we'll ever come to get the full story on what actually happened. But needless to say, like you said earlier, um, they do everything that they can to make sure that the results of their study, whatever study they conduct are favorable to them. Mm -hmm. And considering that, and they're still having mishaps or deaths or, you know, 
severe side effects just goes to show that this really is not something that should be rushed to market and people should be going out to get. Yeah, indeed. I didn't, sorry, I didn't know that they had come out and said that he was not part of that trial group. Although mm. I'll be honest, I did. Yeah, that's my bad, but I, I, I don't, I don't know whether I trust them anyway uh, no. with that kind of thing. <laughs> I They've totally been agree. To lie about that through the teeth in many occasions now uh according to oxford university they've done a quote careful assessment Mm. and it's revealed no safety concerns but again i mean at this at this at this moment in time it seems as though uh these big biopharmaceutical companies are again they're all in a race to produce a vaccine which is going to be kind of accepted on mass and is going to be purchased um, I mean, there's also already massive purchasing going on various countries and the UK has got deals for the vaccines. And I'm pretty sure I think the US and all, all of the other kind of big countries have. But essentially, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a race to the top right at the moment. And um, and they'll do anything. You know, they are ruthless. These companies are ruthless, especially when you're looking at such a, a global. So something is potentially going to have such a global reach such as COVID. Um, they, they, I think that they will do anything within their power to rush through a vaccine, mm-hmm. whether it's safe or not. I don't think that they really care. Well, for this particular study, they said that they're, I think for a while it was paused and then uh, resumed. But yeah. how, how do you stop a vaccine study? You can't unvaccinate someone you are vaccinated. <laughs> That's true. Unlike taking like uh, participating in a trial of a particular medicine like if they start to notice adverse effects from that medication they say okay everybody stop taking this medication and we'll just stop or pause the study but with the vaccine once you get it it's already there so there's no pausing on the people who already got the vaccine the uh, trial participants so it's just kind of stupid i think they mean that they're going to stop continuing to give new people the vaccine if that's actually what they mean because like we said we don't trust anything that they say <laughs> yeah yeah so so the phase phase three trials which phase three being kind of human um phase three trials in the u.s were put on hold but i was just looking at something published yesterday i think the fda has um they've said that it's safe to continue so um so you trust it (laughs) well no of course not that's the fda yeah well yeah exactly you know the other thing i was reading in one article and i'm sorry i don't remember which one it was but it was talking about how they basically said oh we consider this to be just kind of a freak occurrence and it's like (laughs) okay even if that was true you know, that it was a freak occurrence that, you know, somebody, just some freak out there had some kind of reaction to the vaccine that's atypical. Shouldn't that still be put into the whole data pool and say, yeah, you know, we had such and such thousand people in this trial and um, one person died. So that means one in out of every how many thousand is chances are they're going to die. You know, that, I mean, maybe you need a bigger data pool to be able to be, make those kinds of, but you have to, you have to assume right? If you're going to be taking the um, precautionary principle to heart, which all doctors and scientists are supposed to do, 
if you have one person die, that means as a precautionary measure, you need to act as if that was because of the vaccine and kind of act appropriately from there. But they just kind of went, well, let's put it on pause for a second. Um, nope, it's okay. We're going to go back. I don't know. It doesn't sound very precautionary to me. <laughs> it, uh, according to this one article that I'm reading, um, it's saying that the same company, AstraZeneca, they were forced to pause global trials back in September, on mm. September the 8th, um, because the the vaccine had produced what is referred to as an unexplained illness in one of the British volunteers as well. Um, this guy, the complication that he developed is called transverse myelitis. Mm-hmm. Second participant also had a similar reaction. But then they got the go-ahead again, and they resumed in September 12th. And then that's kind of leading up to not long ago, kind of last week when you had this other reaction in Brazil. So yeah, there's some fishy going on here with this vaccine. Definitely. Definitely. Well, well, here's a question and I just want to see what you guys think about this. Um, We all know that big pharma companies are corrupt and they do bad things. They're rushing just assuming that it wasn't already waiting the pipeline anyway, but they're rushing this COVID-19 vaccine out and they're having these trials and they're reporting that that particular person had transverse myelitis and this other person died and other people are experiencing high fevers. Why would they let that information get out? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, maybe they would have to. I mean, if the guy's family knew that he was in the vaccine trial and mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, by the way, he's dead, but it's not related to the vaccine. I think they'd probably say something, but I don't know. I mean, maybe there, there's got to be rules for that kind of thing, right? Like there's got to be only so much that you can do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> can you just like kill a bunch of people and just bury them in the back and not worry about it and be like, oh no, it, it was a success. Yeah, I mean, we know about the human experimentation that's been going on in the medical industry for years, like the uh, the Nazi experiments, uh, Tuskegee experiments, and so forth. And you just wonder, like, if they are really like super evil, like, do is there some kind of like cosmic rule that they have to let this stuff out? Because it doesn't seem like it was a leak, like it wasn't like, you know, found emails show that this person died and they didn't really intend for it to get out. It's like, okay, this happened and the mainstream media reported on it. Like maybe there's some cosmic reason that they have to let people know what's happening. And if you still choose to take the vaccine, then boohoo for you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I can tell you they informed you of the the risks. (laughs) I'm wondering if his death was listed as a COVID death as well. Mm. Yeah, well, it, well, it is right that it is listed as a COVID death. It, they've put it down that it's due to COVID-related complications. Mm. So, I'm from what from what I could see that they've said, it seems as though, you know, he's being listed. It's related to COVID in some way, whether it was from the BS vaccine he received or you know whatever it was, could have been just coincidental kind of thing, but. Well, they did it say that he's a doctor, right? And that he was working yeah. with COVID patients. 
But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, I mean, even in that kind of situation, like the vaccine might have um, weakened his immune system, right? Like, even if it was the meningitis vaccine and not the COVID vaccine, it may have just like wore wore him down, beat him down, and then he was much more susceptible to COVID that he was surrounded by on kind of a daily basis at his job. Yeah. With regard to kind of how, how how this information gets out, I think there's so much spotlight on these on these trials at the moment. You know, there's so many people who are who are holding out for the vaccine. You know, they're 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 frothing at the mouth kind of thing. They can't wait to get their vaccine. There's the only time that they will ever feel safe. You know, the media just continually posting about these vaccine trials whether for good or for bad kind of thing i think maybe it's a, it's a way that these companies can cover their back mm-hmm. you know like it, it, i think it would be very dangerous to you know to kind of just sweep something like this under the rug mm-hmm. i mean you're potentially opening yourself up to to a lot of trouble further on down the line at least if if you're completely or at least somewhat transparent or you appear as though you're being transparent, then you, you, you reduce the kind of liability um, and, and you, you provide your, your company with some kind of protection. Cause at least you could say, ah, well, we told you so, you know, mm-hmm. further on down the line. Uh, and in this day and age as well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I guess it's easy to think that, the media is, is, is just controlled on every single level. And I think, you know, there's a lot of control and manipulation and stuff that does go on, but you know, there's still, there's still ways for that information to, to, to kind of get out, you know? Well, I I think the perceived transparency that you just mentioned that, that makes a lot of sense. But on the other hand, these companies are not going to be financially liable for any repercussions from this vaccine that people were taking not that they were before but um maybe in the the court of public opinion they don't want their name tainted because they're definitely not going to suffer any financial consequences mm-hmm. well one thing that's interesting too is in the u.s i think it was back in may uh they were you know doing polls uh pew research poll and uh, back in May, I think there was like 75% of Americans that were interested in it and would get it. And now, as of September, um, you've got about 51%. You know, it's about 50-50. So half of Americans are like, mm, I think I'll pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a concern that they have now as these types of stories come out. You know, even Elon Musk came out and said in a, in a podcast he wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? So I think that uh, with these types of stories, people are going to think twice about it, especially as we see the death rate isn't what had had been proposed it would be, that people are recovering. Another thing that's really interesting, and I don't know if you folks are seeing this, Tiffany, you may be, but now all of a sudden they're giving away flu shots again for free. Mm. <laughs> 
And so, you know, it it, it comes back to that kind of whole topic that we've talked about for years, this idea of vaccine hesitancy and how are they going to get people to go along with the the program and should they make it mandatory? Should they not? And and I think stories like this, like Elliot, you're talking about really people are paying attention like, well, this guy died, you know, I mean, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe my chances of surviving the COVID are better than actually being essentially a guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. In, in that, in that Pew research poll, uh, said that 78% believe that the vaccines are being developed too fast before their safety and effectiveness are fully understood. Now there's even a lot of people who want to, you know, they're not traditionally anti-vax they're not even anti-vax in the slightest Mm -hmm. people who are very supportive of other vaccines and would not you know would not stray too far from from the kind of uh established narrative on 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 the safety and effectiveness of vaccines even some of those people are openly questioning the the uh you know the, the speed at which and the safety at which these these vaccines are being developed, you know, uh, and it, it, over the past what six six months or so, we've we've had ever since there's been talk about getting developing your COVID vaccine, there have been major media outlets. Like uh, probably most of the media outlets have run at least a couple of stories um, on on this on this idea that the vaccines are being produced or the the trials are being kind of sped through. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. They're cutting cutting corners, um, and yeah, this is this is not this is not just traditional anti-vaxxers. Uh, it seems as though it's it's a major concern among a lot of people, rightly so. I mean, at last, I think it's common sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I know it's out there to have some common sense these days, but it's <laughs> common sense, like. You know, I mean, we, we talked in the past about what does it take 10 to 15 years to actually mm-hmm. get a vaccine on the market? And as Tiffany said, you know, if they're not held accountable, then then why not? Why not just go for it and see what happens? You know, I mean, it, it makes you almost contemplate those crazy conspiracy theories about depopulation, you know, <laughs> like. Wow, maybe they really, you know, want to get rid of a segment of the population, particularly elderly elderly people or immune compromised, and uh, we'll just make this one huge experiment at no cost to our organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the the sorry, go ahead, Doug. No, I was just going to say on 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 the topic of um, um, the speed at which the vaccine is coming out. There's a, there was a, an article by Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, who's actually generally really good. He's kind of like a, he's a, he's a vaccine skeptic. He's not super skeptical, but he's, he's for the most part kind of skeptical. And his article is called a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. Don't hold your breath. And I just wanted to point it out to people because he really goes through and lists off, not lists off, but kind of goes into detail about how long these things actually take. You know, he's kind of got an insider perspective because he has taken part in studies before. So he knows these kinds of things and he's kind of giving an idea of how long these things should take. And he's saying that the idea that it's going to be done before the end of the year is it's just nonsense. There's just no way. But that everywhere where they are cutting corners, I mean, it's like we've been saying, 
they're, where they're cutting corners is on the safety issue and on the efficacy issue. You know, like he was talking about the, the size of the trials for each of these different ones. And one of them, he says, so for Moderna, the interim analysis includes giving the vaccine to only 53 people. For Johnson & Johnson, their interim analysis includes only 77 vaccine recipients. For AstraZeneca, their interim analysis includes only 15 vaccine recipients. For Pfizer, their interim analysis includes only 32 people getting the vaccine. So it's just like that's a place right there where they're cutting the corners, right? These aren't trials with thousands of people in them or anything like that. That's going to take a ton of time for them to collate all the data and kind of figure all these things out. So, I mean, obviously, that's going to be a less safe um, you're going to have less safety and less efficacy there. So, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to point out that article because I did think it was a good a good rundown of why it is so concerning that they seem to be rushing these things through. Yep. And for the people who do have these concerns, when the vaccine eventually is rolled out, the people who do have these concerns and rightly try to assert their autonomy and their kind of, uh, you know, their individual um, right to decide what medical treatment they do or do not have, um, they're, they're going to be penalized, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be penalized. So there was a, uh, there was a, a, a research study. Well, it wasn't a research study. It was, it was a paper published by a bunch of academic fools, um, the it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it was titled "Ensuring Uptake of Vaccines Against SARS-CoV-2." So, in that paper, I haven't read the whole thing, but I read some of it, and there are some bits that really jump out. Essentially, what this paper is talking about, what it's advising on, is ways to ensure that the public are going to accept the vaccine. And so this features a variety of recommendations or strategies to um, to circumvent the, the fears over the safety and to kind of coerce people into having the, the shot if they uh, are hesitant, if they're vaccine hesitant, let's say. So within that, is, here's a, just a quick quote from the from the study it says the elderly health professionals working sorry the elderly and health professionals working in high-risk situations or working with high-risk patients persons with certain underlying medical conditions and people living in high density settings such as prisons or dormitories as well as active duty military service members should be ordered ordered not advised should be ordered to get the jab as soon as health officials are uh, officials are confident that they have sufficient supply to cover these groups. Okay. Um, so this article that is basically talking about this was published on RT is very good. It says rather than attempting to pass laws requiring certain populations to get the vaccine, the paper recommend recommends that non-compliance should incur a penalty and mm. a relatively substantial one at that. So the non-compliant, meaning the people who do not want to get the vaccine, should be threatened with employment suspension or stay-at-home orders, though fines or criminal charges are discouraged. 
because they dis- disadvantaged the poor, apparently, and risk getting the mandate itself challenged in court. Worse, they may stoke they may stoke distrust without improving uptake. So what they are essentially recommending that kind of local authorities do is to make it uh, not by the court of law, but make it kind of criminal not to have the vaccine. And the way that you will be discouraged or the way that you will pay for not having the vaccine is you may be forced to stay at home. You may not be able to go to your job. You may not be able to earn a living. You may not be able to have enough money to buy food. Okay, you may not be able to do all of the things that you kind of need to do to survive because you do not have the vaccine. Right. Yeah, Uh, it's really coercive, actually. And that uh, Malcolm Kendrick article was talking about the same kind of thing, like the forced compliance. Right. It's like they can avoid saying that it's mandatory by not making it mandatory. Like you could opt out. But they just make it, they make your life miserable, essentially unlivable if you don't actually get it. I know there's been talk uh, in the past about restricting travel. Um, You know, they have talked about fines as well, or, um, you know, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's so many different ways that they could do this. Essentially, it's just making you as uncomfortable as possible unless you get that vaccine. But that won't stoke distrust at all compared to (laughs) fine i don't see what the difference is yeah i think the whole thing is stoking mistrust that's why there are increasingly large numbers of people who are saying that they will not get the vaccine now whether they're just saying that for i don't know whatever reason or if the polls are actually correct or not but um again it comes down to bodily choice and we are entering into a biosecurity medical fascist state where all choice is going to be taken away from you. Whether they hold you down and jam a needle into your arm like Dr. Fauci says, <laughs> or <laughs> if they make your life so unbearable that you pretty much, in order to live any kind of life, you choose to get the vaccine. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. It seems as though it, it it seems as though they're they're going for the latter option at the moment, and that's mm-hmm. um, again, that's I think that's the safer option. They are essentially both 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 methods of action would would achieve the same goal, I think, to a large extent, mm-hmm. or at least in their minds. Um, and if they can make it so hard for you to function normally in your daily life without having the vaccine, then that also gives them kind of the, the opportunity to, to claim innocence so that they're not forcing it on anyone and it's everyone's choice and they can maintain the facade that, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of they're respecting everyone's free will. Whereas mm-hmm. in reality, maybe on paper, that is true, right? Mm-hmm. Because on paper, they could rightly say that we're not forcing anyone to have this. Um, and we're maintaining kind of public safety. That's all that we're doing. Um, but in, in real life, what what that would essentially look like is um, people would would not have much option to do anything else. You know, people need to survive. They need to function. They have families. They need to kind of earn a living. And so when it comes to 
either being able to put food on the table for your family or getting the damn vaccine, then people are going to get the damn vaccine. I suspect. I think that's, that's, that's what it seems like anyway. Um, yeah, there will probably be people who, who, who hopefully there's, there, there will be a lot of people who, who, um, who reject it. But I guess if Bill and Melinda Gates have their own way, then they would like to see that the compliance is uh, shoots up. It was important to note that the, that the authors of this this paper um, they were funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Of course, of course. Ah. They're of just course. talking heads for the game. No shocking. <laughs> zero, zero. Who would have thought? Scientific credibility lost it at the lost it. Yeah. Well, I would assume that at the onset, there will be a lot of people who will actually not comply with getting the vaccine. But as things get tougher and the you know orders that you can't go to work or you can't get your benefits or uh, there's a lot of talk that uh, unemployment benefits might morph into something like a universal basic income. And if you don't comply with getting your vaccine, you're not going to get your check this month. So yeah. at first, there probably will be a lot of people who refuse the vaccine. But then as times get harder, people are just going to cave. Yeah. And I think that this is where the rubber meets the road. Either you're standing up against this, and no matter what happens, no matter what suffering or hardship that you perceive that you're going to be going through, either you just have to take it and see what happens come what may or you you know take the mark of the beast basically mm -hmm. <laughs> yep i think that's Indeed. what it's going to come down to for a lot of people <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's it will be difficult as well right yeah it's gonna be really difficult because yeah if you if you you take away people's options you don't give them much of a choice then again you've got shit storm on your hands because Generally, there's a lot of people who don't like being pushed so far. You know, you mm -hmm. can push them so far with the lockdowns and they kind of comply. But I, I tend to think that these, these uh, the people who are pushing for these kind of legislation and whatnot, pushing for the vaccine, they're very much wishful thinking. And I think that uh, maybe the people aren't, aren't quite as compliant as they want them to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, things could get violent very quickly. Things could get messy. Who knows? Uh, there's a part of me that, you know, wants people to stick it to the man, but at the same time, it could go the other way. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll I don't know. See. After I saw how many people rolled over for the mask wearing and the lockdown and all that kind of stuff, I've kind of lost, <laughs> lost that feeling that we're going to see any kind of like <laughs> rebellion in the populace. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Uh too cynical at this you, point you could yeah i mean you could be right right i think you probably are I tend to that as well but there's you know this is just the, that little yeah little bit of me that would like to see it right? we live in I'd hope love to see it we live in hope uh right okay so we are coming up on time uh anyone else any comments any anything we missed no i'd say practice your right to choose freedom why you can yeah yeah Medical excellent freedom. way to end the sh end, end the show <laughs> excellent way to end the show okay right so um yeah if that's everything then thanks to my co-host today uh thanks to listeners for tuning in 
if you liked if you like this um this video because we're on video if you like this video <laughs> then of course like and subscribe to our page um and we will see you next week thanks guys bye everybody bye, bye.